because he lives. All fears are gone. Because he lives, all fears are gone. I'm going to say it one more time. Because he lives. How long does he live for? For eternity. Then all fears are gone. See, because I do not depend on me. I don't have a misplaced dependency. I don't depend on my power to correct things or fix things or change things. I depend on the God who is the creator of everything to change things, fix things, and turn things around for my good, as his word says. Because he lives, I can face tomorrow. You know, this ain't the sermon for today, but I can't get past the song, so y'all are just going to have to give me a minute. Because he lives, I can face tomorrow. All fears are gone. I sure hope you get that message today. If you're home right now, feeling afraid, there's all kind of crazy stuff happening right now. I don't know about you. This country has broken every record that there is to be held for mass killings, mass shootings. I just, death in an uncountable, insurmountable kind of way. That stuff should bring fear. But I'm here to tell you today, there's a God who still reigns from heaven. And now he reigns on earth. For Jesus brought us back the kingdom of God. The kingdom of heaven is now here. And because we live in that kingdom, we have the protection of our father at all times and in all situations because he lives all fears are gone i'm not afraid folks you know why i'm not afraid not because i think i'm um i can't be shot or i can't be this i'm not afraid because my life won't end anymore my body may go to sleep but my life will never ever end death cannot scare me anymore because I know it's not the end. And then one day he's going to crack the sky and he's going to come back and he's going to give us all new bodies that will be able to be like the bodies of Adam and Eve in the garden of Eden that will be able to live on forever. No sicknesses, no pains. I don't know about you. I believe his word today and I'm encouraged even in the face of these crazy Insane times. But guess what? These aren't the first crazy, insane times. Oh, read your Bible. There's been some crazy, 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 crazy times that have happened in every story. Every one. We, the children of God, have come out victorious. And guess what? The body of Christ will again. The church. Hell will never prevail over the church. Never. We win. All we have to do is keep standing and keep sharing, keep fulfilling our ministry, which is the ministry of reconciliation. See, I told you that wasn't a sermon today. I don't know if I'm going to get to the sermon today. I'm going to try. But I just need you to know this today because we've heard so much crazy stuff. We've seen so much crazy stuff that it can cause you to want to give up. It can cause you to want to quit. But there's a God who is real. He said, when God is for you, Who can be against you?
Somebody say amen. Praise the Lord. The sermon for today (laughs) is part two of the segment that we began last week entitled Complete Forgiveness. And um, forgiveness. You know, God has this incredible ability to be able to forgive the offense as well as the offender. To be able to forgive the offense as well as the offender. God set that system into play for us. He knew that we couldn't pay the debt that we owed him. So he sent his one and only son, Jesus, who paid that debt for us. So Jesus leaves heaven and he puts into jeopardy his relationship with the father because he's never been separated from the father. And I need you to really understand that Jesus from the creation of time, from the creation of the universe has never been separated from the father. It's been the father, the son and the Holy Spirit. You go back to Genesis and it talks about God saying, let us make man in our image. It was the father, the son and the Holy Spirit. Jesus had never been without the father. But on this particular mission, he has to take on flesh. He has to come into man's world to save man. And the ultimate end for him was that he would have to take on all the sins of the world. And because he did, he was separated from the father because God and sin cannot be at the same place at all at any time because he's always will be always has been a just God. So Jesus paid that price for us. And in paying that price, he gave us this benefit package of which complete forgiveness is a part. You've been forgiven. Now, here's where this thing plays into our everyday lives. The more you understand your forgiveness, the more forgiving you can be. Let me read this little paragraph here that I hope will help you to understand where we're going today. Again, complete forgiveness. It says, one who accepts forgiveness adopts an attitude toward himself that transforms his or her attitude towards others. The person who accepts forgiveness becomes forgiving. There is a shadow part to this paragraph, and that is there are some people who don't commute their sins to really need a large amount of forgiveness. For some reason, they think sins have a qualitative amount to them. You know, the little sin, the big sin, and those kinds of things. And therefore, in their minds, if they think they've only committed the little sins, then this level of forgiveness is small in their mindset. But Jesus didn't die small. He didn't die big. He died once and for all. Can you understand that today? He didn't say, well, you know, my eye is, my left eye is going to shut for the little sins. My baby finger going to twinkle for the, for the middle sins. No, he died for sin, all of it. So here's what I need you to know. No matter what you think about yourself, you needed forgiveness. I said, no matter what you think about yourself, you needed forgiveness. And if you needed forgiveness, then you need to be able to extend forgiveness. But you got to understand it before you can give it. So you ready to have some fun today? Praise the Lord. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4. And we're going to read all the verses today are from the Amplified Translation. And we're going to have some fun. Ooh, it got warm in here. 
Because he lives. <laughs> let's, let, let's read this. Ready? It says, do not let unwholesome, foul, profane, worthless, vulgar words ever come out of your mouth. Listen closely to this. But only such speech as is good for building up others. Now, I just need you to really understand this See, because we'll plant our flag at the word vulgar and profane. So we'll tell people, don't cuss, don't say those bad words. But I need you to know if you're not building up somebody else, if your words are not building up other people, they're vulgar, they're profane. Are y'all understanding me today? See, it, let me read it again so make sure you get it. This says, do not let unwholesome, foul, profane, worthless, vulgar words ever come out of your mouth. But only such speech as is good for building up others. Now, I'm not telling you it's okay to cuss. I'm telling you that if you are not building up others, if you are tearing other people down, even though you don't say the four-letter word, it is still profane. It is still vulgar. Why? Because you were tearing down God's creation. Somebody say amen today. I need you to understand that. So let's read on. It says, according to the need and the occasion, so that it will be a blessing to those who hear you speak. So when people hear you talk about them or to them, it's supposed to be a blessing to them. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, but seek to please him by whom, oh man, I like this, by whom you were sealed and marked, branded as God's own for the day of redemption, the final deliverance from the consequence of sin. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor, perpetual animosity, resentment, strife, fault finding and slander be put away from you this should be a t-shirt because right now in society everywhere you go is this not what's happening is this not what we're doing sometimes in our private circle sometimes when we're talking in our circles of influence isn't it the stuff we're talking about we're putting down whole groups of people we're even putting down whole states we're saying that states or foul. How can we say that knowing that there are millions of people who live there? There are millions of Christians, God-fearing Christians who live there. So listen to me. We can't do this. <laughs> we've been forgiven. And if we've been forgiven, how dare us say somebody else is going to go to a hell that we couldn't prevent ourselves from going to. It was only because of the blood of Jesus that we don't go there. So we need to pause and sit back and think about this perpetual animosity, this resentment, this strife, this fault finding. Oh, nothing worse than fault finding. How in the world can you find fault in somebody else? And stand there as though you are innocent. Fault and slander to put away from you, along with every kind of malice, all spitefulness, verbal abuse, malevolence. Be kind and helpful to one another. Good God Almighty, is this what the Bible says? Boy, are we struggling, aren't we? 
to be kind and helpful to <laughs> helpful to one another. This is what we say. They don't deserve it. They don't. They don't deserve it. They didn't vote like me. They don't deserve it. <laughs> they don't look like me. They don't deserve it. And the lady said the other day, crimes like this should never happen. They don't happen in our neighborhood. They're not supposed to happen here. Well, where are they supposed to happen? Tell me the neighborhood where they're supposed to happen. They're not supposed to happen anywhere. But see, we can't take the position of thinking we have something that other people don't because the only thing we may have comes because of the same Jesus who died for those folks who died for you. So if you can understand the totality of your forgiveness, you're able to extend that forgiveness to others. But you're going to have to understand that. It says, be kind and helpful to one another, tenderhearted, compassionate, understanding, forgiving one another readily and freely. Just as, just as, just as God in Christ or through Christ also forgave you. So how did you get your forgiveness? Well, I increased my tithes. Nope. How did you get your forgiveness? I haven't missed a Sunday at church for 15 years. Nope. How did you get your forgiveness? I, I, I don't know. <laughs> and the answer is because of Jesus. And guess what? He did it once for all. And if that's the case, then the same avenue for, for forgiveness you had to walk, they will walk also. So we don't have the right to try to take from them. We need to be forgiven. We need to be forgiving. We need to be forgiving. Let's, let's read on here because it's important that we get this. We're going to go to Genesis. And I love this particular one. Now, I'm going to just kind of frame it real quick. Joseph, we all know the story of Joseph, right? His, he, he had a dream. He told his brothers about the dream. He told his father about the dream that they would all be bound down to him. They lost their minds. So they decided to go on a hunt the day they took him with them and decided you ain't going back home with us. So at first, I mean, they had all kind of crazy ideas in their minds, but they ended up throwing him down on the well. His older brother came back, felt sorry for him. And I don't know how much sorry that was really feeling, but he took him out of the well and then sold him off to some slave traders who took him away. And then the story of Joseph, as you follow it, has many horrible twists and turns and misgivings and brokenness and incarceration and all kinds of things, right? That happened to him. Hear me. So every, at every moment, at every turn, at each one of those events, he could think about what his brothers did to him. And he could hold that resentment. He could hold that anger. He could hold that stuff inside of him because if they didn't put him in that well, if they didn't sell him off to those slave traders, none of this stuff would ever happen. Are y'all with me today? Let's go with this. It says, God sent me. This is, this is Joseph talking to his brothers. He said, God sent me to Egypt. Who sent him there? Now, God didn't put him in the well. God didn't give him to the slave traders. God didn't put him in Potiphar's house. God didn't put him into prison. God didn't do any of those things. But God's word said he takes all things and turns it to good for those who love him. So he says, listen, all of that stuff that happened to me, I could blame it 
on the jailer. I could blame it on Potiphar. I could blame it on you. I could blame it on a whole bunch of people. But right now, I'm going to believe because of where I am. Through all of those situations, God sent me here to Egypt. Oh, I hope you all understand me today. How'd you get here? See, how did you get to this place that you feel comfortable enough to be able to talk about somebody else? Comfortable enough to be able to slander another group of people. How did you get there? What gives you this level of comfort that you think you can actually be vulgar and profane with your mouth about other people? Because you have this false sense that you have arrived at this destination because of something you have done. But once you understand you're only here because of what Christ has done, then guess what? You're able to forgive those people because they have the same journey. Are y'all with me today? Praise the Lord. It says, God sent me to Egypt ahead of you. Go ahead, God. (laughs) Ahead of you to preserve for you a remnant on the earth and to keep you alive by a great escape. I don't know about you. Joseph has went to a inter transformation that he has taken all of the junk that has happened to him and he has turned it into a blessing that prepares him to be able to forgive other people. Oh man. So now it was not you. Listen to what Joseph is saying. So now it was not you who sent me here. Who threw him in the well? They did, but he said, you didn't send me here, but God, but God, but God. Larnell Harris sings a song entitled, But God. When when I'm done today, go listen to Larnell Harris sing that song, But God. But listen, it says, so now it was not you who sent me here, but God. And he has made me a father to Pharaoh. He didn't make me a feared child in a well. He didn't make me a slave of slave traders. He didn't make me an incarcerated inmate. Each one of those sessions in my life were things that I passed through and they would never identify me because God had already identified me as his child. So those of you who aren't ready to forgive... Your identity is not the event that happened to you. So now it was not you who sent me here, but God. And he has made me a father to Pharaoh and Lord of all his household and ruler over all the land of Egypt. At one time, he was a ruler in a well. (laughs) Wasn't nothing else there. A ruler in the well. But now he's the ruler over all of Egypt hurry and go up to my father and tell him your son Joseph says this to you God has made me lord of all Egypt come down to me do not delay can anybody see forgiveness in this thing because he could have stood there and said guess what folk yeah, I'm your brother. See, you didn't recognize me because because I got so many jewels around my neck. I made it. I am a victor, no longer a victim. So I'm here to tell you, you going to starve to death. You ain't got a place to go. So go tell your daddy that he should have took care of me when I, he had the chance to take care of me. 
that is the story we can all tell all the way back to Adam. If you want to blame somebody for stuff that happens to you, everybody has a backstory. And that story can go all the way back to Adam for he was the original sinner. Are y'all hearing me today? Listen, I'm not making light of your situation. I'm telling you that for you to move forward, you're going to have to learn how to forgive by realizing how much you have been forgiven. Let's read on. It says there, I will provide for you and sustain you so that you and your household and all that are yours may not become impoverished for there are still five years of famine to come. Joseph forgave. Joseph forgave. And because he forgave, he became a blessing to others. Are you ready to be a blessing today? Accept your forgiveness and then open your heart and know that each person that you're talking to has either been forgiven or needs to be forgiven. Just like you. One more verse and I'm going to close for today. Let's go to Matthew chapter six, Matthew chapter six. I pray God this is helping you today. We all know this is a prayer, but I want us to uh, just kind of dig into it today a little bit. Jesus says, pray then in this way. Our father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Worshipful, majestic is your name. Your kingdom, Lord. Come, we know that's exactly what God did. He extended his kingdom into the earth when he created Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. Your will be done because it's his kingdom. He domains in his kingdom. So his will will be done because it is his domain. Every king that has a domain rules in that domain. This is what God is going to do in the earth. Your kingdom come, your will be done. On earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our debts. Now we owe God a debt of sin. Right? And we're asking him to do what? And forgive us our debt. As, uh uh-oh, as we have forgiven our debtors. Letting go of both the wrong and the resentment. Somebody told me one time, I have to forgive you because the Bible says so. I'm pretty sure they were still holding on to the wrong and the resentment. Is anybody hearing me today? Say, well, pastor, this stuff is hard. Guess what? Imagine how hard it was for Jesus to be separated from a father he was never separated from before. How hard it was for Jesus to take physical abuse, verbal abuse, when he could have called 10,000 angels. Think about how hard it was for him to give up his life to people he was present when life began on earth. But he did it for you and for me. So how about if God decides to do it like the word says, um, forgive as 
you have forgiven me. Can I read that verse again, bro? Can you just back me up a little bit? It says, and forgive us our debts as we have forgiven our debtors, letting go of both the wrong and the resentment. Have you forgiven your debtors? Who do you think owes you something? If it hadn't have been for you, I wouldn't have wasted so much time in my life. Joseph, I said, Joseph. How many years from the time that he went into that well until the time that he stood in that field that day talking to brothers who could not recognize him. They didn't know who he was. He had to tell them, I am your brother, Joseph. Can you imagine the amount of time that it was from the well to the time that they stood in front of this man? He could have used all of that time to hold on to resentment, to hold on to anger. He could have used all of that time. But I'm here to tell you something today. Are you ready? If you hold on to that resentment, if you hold on to that anger, you never leave the well. I said, if you hold on to the resentment, if you hold on to the anger, you never leave the well. You will always be in the well, both mentally and emotionally. You will always be there. You may be someplace else physically, but your heart and mind will be in that well. But Joseph wouldn't let that happen. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom. Yes, it is his kingdom and the power. Yes, it is his power and the glory. Yes, it is his glory forever. Amen. For if you forgive others their trespasses, their reckless and willful sins, your heavenly father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others, nurturing your hurt and anger with the result that it interferes with your relationship with God, then your father will not forgive your trespasses. God tells us how we are to interact with our brothers and sisters. But if you hold on to this unforgiveness, you can never interact with them that way. And you know what's easy for us? We've been giving these labels by Satan to generalize people and put them in an easy group for us to dislike. So we say things like all of them, all of those, all of that. Not realizing that in each group there are people who love Jesus. We'll do things like illegal immigrants. As though that nullifies the fact that in that group may be brothers and sisters who fell on their knees one day and accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, therefore making them your brother. But we will use a comfortable label of being illegal, therefore I don't have to do anything for you. Those are vulgar, profane terms. Yes, there is a law, but that law shouldn't prohibit you from helping people meet the law. Not just looking at them and telling them to stay. I know this is carving at some folks, but I'm trying to tell you something today. God, if he uses the system to forgive you as we forgive. Your battle is not with flesh and blood. Your battle is with God. I hope you hear me today. 
Your battle is not with flesh and blood. Your battle is with God. Because he said, I'm going to forgive you as you forgive others. Now you know in your heart of hearts. If God uses that system, see, this just breaks me. If God used that system for us, we are doomed. We are doomed. If God uses the same mind that we've been carrying around lately, talking and feeling and thinking about people, if God used that same mindset, we are doomed. Because the only thing that saves us is the Savior. We've been forgiven because Jesus died for us when we were yet his enemies. Does this make sense today? So change your mind, man. Quit putting people down. Be forgiving. Whenever you stand praying, uh uh-oh, if you have anything against anyone, forgive them. Drop the issue. Let it go. Now we know good, good and well. Folk come church on what we or come come here to the building as the church on a Sunday. We know good and well. There's some folks stand up praying that are got one eye open and one eye shut because they got that other eye open to that person they can't stand. They don't want to be anywhere near. They mad at. And instead of actually praying, they want us to believe they are praying when in their minds they are being slanderous. And profane and vulgar. Hear me. Do you think God sleeps on Sundays? Do we think he's somewhere taking a nap and these thoughts? Listen, when, 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 when Jesus went to Simon's house and the lady came in and knelt behind him crying and washing his feet with her, with her hair. Simon said to himself. He can't be a prophet or else he'd know this woman is a notorious sinner. He didn't say it out loud. He said it to himself. And Jesus turned to Simon and said, hey, brother, I got something to tell you. (laughs) Jesus heard God is present. So when he says, I'm going to forgive you as you forgive others. Do you think we can close the door and he can't see? (laughs) Listen to me. I need you to get this today. It's not like he's going to punish you. He wants you to know how important it is to forgive. How big it was for him to forgive us. So be forgiving. Almost done. It says, so that your father who is in heaven will also forgive you your transgressions. Wait a minute, man. And wrongdoings against him and others. But if you do not forgive... Neither will your father in heaven forgive your transgressions. Why? Because he gives us free will. So God says, listen, I'm going to give you free will on earth. And whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Meaning whatever you do in your life. So I'm going to close here. I know I got another verse, but I'll read this little line at the end. It says, there is no lasting joy in forgiveness. If it doesn't include forgiving yourself. You know, you you can really never forgive me until you accept forgiveness. See, because you'll always find a reason not to forgive me. 
But once you actually accept forgiveness for yourself, you'll realize how deep and wide God is in his forgiveness. And what it required for you to be forgiven. Once you understand that, then you'll be more forgiving to others. Brothers and sisters, I pray that this has been helpful to you today. This is important for us to get. See, because in society right now, even in the body of Christ, we have forgotten Romans 12 and 2 where it says, do not be conformed by the pattern of the world. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind. We are letting the world dictate to us how to treat brothers and sisters. You know, there are people who have what they call a prison ministry. I love it. Why? Because in prison are people who broke laws and their identity can be really, really confused because of the law that they have broken. They can be child molesters. They can be liars. They can be robbers. They can be murderers. They can be those things. But when a person accepts Jesus Christ, what becomes their identity? They become the children of God. I hope you are following me. How can that happen? Because the forgiveness program that God put into play when he sent his son to die for us, that his blood is stronger than any sin that has ever been committed. So his blood washes you clean And frees you from whatever uh, other identity that may have claimed you. So you can be in prison serving your time for that violation. But you can be free inwardly because you are a child of God. Vice versa, we have people who are physically free but locked up in a world of unforgiveness. Therefore more incarcerated than the people that are incarcerated. So I need you today. Accept your forgiveness. Accept it. And say, Father, I understand what it took for you to offer me forgiveness. Now, Father, transform my mind that I can offer that same offer to others. Thank you, Jesus. Brothers and sisters, thank you for hanging out with us today. We thank you for sharing with us. Please come back next week. We're going to continue this particular series. And um, I pray, God, that it's been beneficial. God bless you, Tomoka. Looking forward to seeing you next week. God bless.